I may not be a mom, but I do own a soda shop that helps give them their fix. I'm sitting down with Utah moms to find out their stories, their passions, and their truths. This is Salt Lake Moms. Hey, Thirsty Mom Podcast Nation. Hey, listen up here. This is Tamara Stevenson, diagnosed with a chronic illness and is living with it and not only living with it, crushing it. Hey, you've got to hear her story, see what she's doing, and more importantly, see how she does it. This woman is amazing. Another one of these Salt Lake Moms just out there killing it. Hey, let me know what you think of this episode. All right, well, tell us your name, where you're from, and everything that's going on with it. My name is Tamara Stevenson. I am, I've been in Utah for quite a while, but originally I was a Navy brat, so we moved all over, and right. we've just ended up staying in Utah. Um, I've taught fitness for about 12 years now. I was not a fit person <laughs> before that. Is that why you got into it? I got into it because I was way overweight. If you scroll down my Instagram, you'll see the before and after. But I was really overweight and had a lot of chronic back issues. And one day my two-year-old said, mom, can you take me upstairs to bed or how's your back feeling? And I was like, oh my word, something's got to change. And I just wasn't living the quality of life I wanted. And I don't know how that came into, I should teach it. Right. (laughs) Right. But I had really good mentors that helped me, and the first thing I got involved with was Pilates. But I am uh, a mom of four girls. My oldest is 21 and married. Nice. And so I've what got- What was the youngest? She's 14. Okay. So one time we did have four teenage daughters in our house. Nice. Uh, I <laughs> thought- fun. <laughs> yeah, I thought adding like two boy cute little dogs would uh, help my husband, but they're super needy and just as emotional, so <laughs> no, he's he's uh, yeah, he's outnumbered for nice. sure. And then in 2012, I was diagnosed with MS, so that's that came into place after I had already been teaching for a few years. So how did that come about? Like, how did you? And I find out. Yeah, how did you find out? That's a fun story. <laughs> I was training for my first hundred mile bike ride. Really? And I was 39, and I just my body wasn't working. I was going out for long bike rides and training with a friend of mine, and I'd be out of breath, and I was like, man, get close to 40 sucks. Right. <laughs> and I just it, I just kept pushing through it. So the day of the event, uh, about mile 67, I, I know. I don't so. even ever want to be on mile 67. <laughs> <laughs> I was feeling pretty, you know, I was having a struggle, and so, EMTs were taking my heart rate, and it wasn't going down, and um, I was like, I don't know what's wrong. But somewhere in my head, I thought, if I don't finish this race, I'm never gonna do right. it again. So I was like, look, you guys can drive behind me. Right. <laughs> so they did, this big band. Sad was behind me, and I was backdrafting behind my friend, and that's just where you get really close, yeah. so you kind of use their energy, and she pulled me the rest of the 20 plus miles. Well, that threw my body into this overload of symptoms. So by the time I got home, I couldn't, stay awake my heart rate wasn't going down and I thought well I did just do 100 miles so I ignored it like yeah so within a month um, I was declining pretty fast and couldn't see straight couldn't stand up I was dizzy falling over Um, still trying to teach fitness classes by the way so I kind of looked like a drunk Zumba instructor at the time and um, people were driving me everywhere and 
was going to doctor appointments, they were trying to figure out what was going on, and I kept making guesses. I'm premenopausal, or whatever, and I just, um, until finally, uh, it was my ENT that found it. And I thought, oh, I've got a sinus infection. I must have a super bad sinus infection. And he must have known, uh, because MS is, the first thing they do will take an MRI of your brain. And what generally shows up is a bunch of white spots and lesions that are on your brain or whatever. So while I thought I was going to need like some surgery for my sinuses, he was like, no, you need to go see a neurologist. And so that's where I finally found out. So how long ago was, was MS. that? That was 2012. Okay. Six years. So I've been teaching for about five years on that. So what were the immediate effects like right after? Like did things slow down? You know, fitness things, obviously. So right after, I mean, you do go into the shock of what's my life going to be like. Mentally. Mentally, you, you know, all of a sudden you're on really strong medication because there's no cure for it. Like all chronic illnesses, there's usually no cure for it. So they're trying to give you medication. And at the time that was a ton of like IV steroids that takes the swelling on the lesions down on the brain and then your symptoms go get less and so immediately after um, and taking medications my classes were cut into half and uh, it was a process after that of learning a lot of balance of how much is too much right. so is it was it the how is it triggered like was it triggered by the hundred miles then and putting my body again? yeah yeah well back? so now I'm and I can go back years and say oh I thought it was something else right. you know but it was probably the MS so right. um, but triggers now lots of stress will trigger it so you go into what we call relapses or just really bad days where your symptoms are stronger right. they don't necessarily last for more than a week or so somewhere up to a month but your symptoms come back and so they can get triggered by stress they can get triggered by weather changes they can get triggered by um, all sorts stuff. of things, yeah. The heat, the cold, um, yeah. How, how have you been doing everything? Like dealing with everything, being a, being a mom, doing all your things. What's going on? Like, how are you doing it? What's the key? The, the key. <laughs> Tell us your secret. The key is to keep that positive attitude. I had someone once say, "How do you even get out of bed?" Like that's it. Like, well, a, I'm not dying, right. you know. And I can either my. My purpose and my whole thought on it is I'm going to feel the same either way. So I can either do what I want to do and work through it or sit on a couch. What's the alternative? Boo-hoo about it. And I don't want to teach my girls that anyway. When did you, did you ever have to make that mind shift or have you always had that mindset like from the diagnosis till now? You go through, there is a mourning process. Your life isn't going to be what you thought it was going to be. And so there, there is this, you go through the steps of mourning. <laughs> sure, you know, you're really sad and I was really angry. Um, and then you accept it. And then you move on from there. And realizing that just because your future is going to look different and maybe uncertain to what you thought it was doesn't mean it's not going to be a good one. Actually, I will think it's better, and I don't regret that I have it because I live differently and probably better than I ever was, and I'm healthier on the flip side than I ever was because I push for it. Right. What about your family? How's your family dealt with it? 
It's been hard. It's been hard. I feel like my girls have had to uh, grow up a little faster and gain some responsibility earlier. And that means taking care of mom. And it took some time to figure out how to communicate what I needed to them and for that to be returned. But you have to communicate that. If you're not telling them what you need, you're not going to... It's a, it's a bunch of confusion. And my girls early on, you know, I tried to pad them from the, what was, what was really happening and don't worry about it, I've got this, but I'm seeing the doctors. And as they, you know, a couple years went by, my older girls especially were like, just tell me, just tell me like it is. Because what ended up happening was they were going to medical classes and coming home and my oldest was like, according to this, you should never drive again. <laughs> You should, you should not be behind the wheel of a car. Uh, and so opening that communication, I realized was, okay, what questions do you have? Yeah. Hard on the husband. He's had a, he's the main driver. He was the five-hour dance dad, taking kids to dance. He did all the sports and driving before my kids got licenses, and he picked it up big time. What is, uh, what's been some advice then that you feel like you have based on, like, whether it's having, helping your family deal with it, or just you dealing with it in your life, or just your mindset having to shift, like, how did you do it all? Like, how did you get yourself to do it all? How would you tell someone else that you can, like, still do it, you know? It can still happen. All these things can still happen. It can still them. happen. The other thing I want people to know, too, is they're like, but you do so much, and you're doing it all. Oh, social media is awesome, but I don't post my bad days, right? There is a realness to it that doesn't get put out there. You don't, you see me go to my, teach my classes and I've got all this energy. What you don't see is that may have taken all my energy for the day and I go home and go to bed. You know, and so the advice I give is it's not an all or nothing. You don't have to take everything on and do everything. It may look like that, but I don't. I've had to let some things go. Um, I've had to let some classes go. I've had to let um, working full-time go. Giving up driving, um, a lot of driving. I don't drive more than 45 minutes would probably be my max of getting anywhere um, because I may get too tired to come back the other direction. <laughs> so my advice is don't, don't take it all on and know you're probably doing the best that you can. Don't look at somebody else's life and think, that's what it should be. How does normal like daily activities kind of fit into your life now? Like coming to thirst or like going to the grocery store, like is it all the same? It can't be all the same for you. It's obviously everything's changed, but it's all changed. How do you make daily activities kind of still work? Think of your phone battery, right? It runs down. And you know you've got so much battery life. So you've got to decide how much is gonna fit in to the battery life. All right. And so I have a certain amount of time, and I know the times of day where I'm awake more. Morning time, great. But I know that I'm sometime during the day I'm going to have to rest my eyes for 15, 30 minutes to reboot and recharge to get that so I can do the rest of my day. And you have to be able to, you may have a task list, and you're going to get to two of them. Good job. (laughs) You know. And don't beat yourself up over it if you don't get to everything. Does your battery, so my phone battery will operate at 1% the same as it does at 99. Is that for you or does it kind of go down as the battery It just goes down as it goes down. So you may start out, I have 
lots of energy like this morning great we're doing this at 9 30 in the morning right. if we were doing this at three o'clock or five o'clock i mean yeah. my thought process may not be able to like communicate back to you yep. my speech could slur i may have a lot more blank like i know he just said something to me <laughs> and i have no idea what he just said <laughs> Currently, right now, I've lost my SUV keys like two weeks ago, and I have no idea what they are. No. <laughs> There's a big thing with um, MS, with a big part of it is memory loss, mm -hmm. and short-term memory, and the cognitive part of it. And so, we laugh about it. You have to be able to laugh about it. That's such a huge thing with chronic anything, <laughs> because yeah, my kids laugh about it, because they know they're not out to say, I just told you that. or. Why don't you remember that? Right. Or they try to mess with me and be like, um, I told you I was going out tonight. And I'm like, uh, yeah. uh, You're like, uh, I, I think don't I think that was the thing. <laughs> well, you're doing all these things. It's really impressive. Tell us, tell us what you know for sure. Tell us your piece that's under the kind of your conclusion, something you know for sure. Piece of advice, anything you know, your piece. My piece. I, here's the thing with fitness and moms and chronic illness and trying to balance it all. You're doing better than you think you are. I, this has been my motto this whole time. How much you weigh has nothing to do with how good of a mom, friend, or wife you are. Nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. You may be talented in so many other areas. Do not put so much pressure on looking a certain way. Yep. I'd rather have you go do 15 minutes and feel good about taking a walk with your kids or whatever than feeling like you didn't do enough. Women are hard on themselves. And moms, you know, we just, we think we've got to do it all. There's my piece of advice. You don't. Give yourself a break. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. You're the best. Thank you so much. <laughs> hey, thank you. Hey, Salt Lake City. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Let us know what you think, share it with your friends, spread the love.